good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards, here broadcasting from my home in Brooklyn. It looks like it's a going it looks like it's going to be a beautiful Sunday morning. It's nice and sunny out. And um I hope everybody had a good week. I had a great week. Actually, I really did have a great week trying to get this show together. But before we go into the actual show, let me get the housekeeping out the way. Friends, COVID-19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now. And Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want to know, we want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host, staff, and the community at large. We've closed both our studios and canceled live events, but our hosts are still doing their best to continue bringing new and original programming by broadcasting live or pre-recording from their home studios or by selecting the best rebroadcast of their past shows. With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, But if you can afford a small donation, it would go a long way towards helping us stay on the air. There are three three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and slash donate. There you'll find great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send to you to say thanks. You can also use your phone to text RFB gives five. That's the number five after that to four, four, three, two, one. It only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donations. Finally, if you shop on Amazon and you go to amazon.com slash smile, and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support, when you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB and it will cost you nothing. No donation is too small or too big. Whatever you can afford to make, whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you for, from the bottom of our hearts and wish our listeners health and happiness as we weather this together. That was a mouthful for me today. I don't know why I was having such a problem getting through the housekeeping. Usually it's not that bad, but I don't know, maybe because I decided to read the entire paper instead of ad-libbing like I normally do, right? Well, anyway, now on with the show. So, now what was I saying? Oh, yes, I was asking everyone, did they have a beautiful week? And I pray that you all did. I had a great week. That's where I was. I had a great week. Now, mind you, Despite the rain that we received here in New York, I got it. Can I be honest? And and when I say that, I almost make myself chuckle because when I hear people say, can I be honest? It's almost like, well, were you going to lie to me if you weren't going to be honest? But anyway, I usually say that to people on purpose just to see what their reaction is going to be. But here's what I was going to say. Um... Oh yeah, the rain. That's what I was talking about. The rain to me had such a calming effect on my spirit. And for me, it was a blessing. It just felt like 
regardless of everything that was going on, I just felt that peace when it was raining and it, it really rained hard here in New York, but I just felt at peace when the rain was coming down. So when I thought about how it was actually making me feel and how much I was enjoying the rain, I decided, excuse me, I decided I wanted to look up in the Bible to see the meaning of rain and where it was applied, right? So of course, you know, it's sending me on a journey. Once that hits in my spirit, I already know I'm going on a journey. And this journey took me somewhere that I didn't even know I was going to end up in. But trust me, you are going to be blessed all the more for it. So come along with me on this ride. So I usually, you know, I always say everything happens for a reason, right? And that nothing just happens. So here it is. We usually, and I always also say that it's up to us to figure out what is the purpose of why whatever is happening is happening to us in our lives, right? So here it is. I, oh, let me see, you know, what scripture I could find that goes with how I'm feeling about the rain. So as I'm, you know, thumbing through the Bible, I found a scripture in Joel. Now, here it is. The book of Joel, Joel, J-O-E-L. It's a book, of course, that I've read before. I never really paid it much attention because it's a small book. And I never went back to it to read any other parts of it. Like, you know, there's certain books in the Bible that you will constantly go to over and over and over to read the scriptures over and over and over. Joel, I never, for for whatever reason, I never went back to it. So here it is. He has me in the book of Joel. And I know once he sends me in a book that I'm not really familiar with, I know there's a reason behind it. So I decided to explore even further. So as I started digging, of course, Joel is a minor prophet. And now when I say he's a minor prophet, it's not because he was less important than other prophets like Samuel or Ezekiel. The minor prophets are the prophets in the, in the Bible that their books are smaller than the other, the major prophets, meaning that they had, they had their task that God had given to them, the message they had to get out to the people. And once they got that message out, that was it. They didn't follow them anymore in whatever it is that they had to do. Not to say that he'd never used them again. He probably did, but it wasn't as significant for it to be placed into the Bible as whatever was going on. So here's Joel. He has his small book, right? So he's a minor prophet. So now his name means Yahweh is God, right? And now the book of Joel speaks to God's people about their need for repentance in order to experience restoration. Okay. So now follow me, keep, keep up with me. Now here, I'm going to give you a synopsis of what the book is about. And when I tell you how I got the understanding of why he led me to this book, then you'll understand why it is that I'm going through all this with you right now. So The people were, the people of Israel, they were under judgment because they weren't listening to God and what he had been telling them. They were in a state of rebellion, right? 
So by being in a state of rebellion, this brought on repercussions in their lives, in their lives. So Joel was sent to cry out to the people to tell them to listen. And now listen, now, now this is the part where it gets interesting. And I'm like, okay, God, now I know why you sent me here. This is what Joel says to the people. This is not business as usual because of an event that they were going to face called the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord refers to God judging the people prior to him restoring the people, right? So now it's, um, it's a time of judgment where, um, oh, it was a time of judgment in order for God to, in order for them to listen, for God to get you to listen to him. So for, in order for him to get you to listen to him, he had to stop everything, place this judgment on the people so that he could recalibrate, which means he was taking the time to make what was wrong right again. So now you're following me, right? So now as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, this is like what's happening today. At this very moment in our lifetime, the day of the Lord was as opposed to being the day of man, which is when it appears that man is running everything and man is totally having his way, not paying attention to anything pertaining to God. So here it is. Joel states to the people, there is another day coming for you to experience the restoration of God in relationship to, into God, in relationship to God's day of the Lord, which is the, the judgment, but it requires that they do something. And that requirement was repent. So now here it is. God sends his prophet Joel to tell the people that because they have not been listening to him, because they have been doing whatever they found to be right unto themselves and just living the way they wanted to live, that he was going to change business as usual for them. And that in order for them to recognize who he was, they would have to repent and then he would restore them, right? So here it gets even juicier. So now we know that repent, right? Repent is a verb that means to feel sorry or remorse for something. It also means to become disposed to changing one's life after feeling sorry for a sin and to feel great regret for past conduct as to change one's mind regarding it. So now the book required that the people cease from all ordinary activity. Doesn't that sound like what we had to do? Haven't we the last 30 days or 40 days, however many days it's been ceasing from all usual activity. And now get this. 
it called for the people to get together to form a sacred gathering to get right before God. So now when, so, um, they had to do all this to stop the plague that was on them at the time. Now the plague that was on them at the time was locusts. And now if you remember anything in the Bible, whenever you hear locusts, you know, it's a judgment from God. He will send locusts in a heartbeat to make you straighten up and listen, because listen, listen, why locusts is always the judgment, right? So in order for them to remove the locusts, they had to, they had to, you know, get together and get right before God. So now the locusts, this is what locusts do. They destroy the land. They eat up all the crops which would then affect the economy, the food supply, and everything else that's going on in their daily lives. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like what we're going through right now? COVID-19 is our locus. So Joel tells the people that God will reverse the judgment. And now check this out. And If they do what he said, do meaning stop what they're doing, recognize that they've sinned against him, gather together, form a sacred gathering, gathering, get it right before God. What he said he would, what God then said he would do is that he would restore them everything that they lost. Right? He said, God said that he would give the people back the years that the locusts stole. He would give them back the years that the locusts had taken away from them. He would stop the judgment and give them back what they lost because of the the judgment. So now check this out. Here it is. I was feeling very content with the rain, right? It was pouring down rain here a couple of days last week. I was loving every minute of it, getting a good sleep on, just enjoying the gloom. And it was, and although it looked gloomy outside, it, to me, it looked fine. I was happy in it. I then, my spirit is saying, oh, I wonder why I'm enjoying the rain like this. Cause normally when people see rain, they're like, ah, you know, it's messing up my day. I'm wondering why I'm feeling so good about the rain. I go and I look, which of course, that's what he wanted me to do. He wanted to get me to go to look at the rain to see why I was feeling this way so that he can give me this message from Joel. All right. So here it is. Where am I? Um, okay, here it is. He wants us to put all things aside that is keeping us from God so that we'll be able to reap the blessings after the judgment period, right? So now Joel is saying, not only, he he wasn't just talking to the people back then because you know, anything that happened back then is relevant to us today as well. So here it was, Joel back then was telling the people, you know, stop, repent, 
get right with God so that he could take this judgment off of you so that he could restore you. Which is also telling us the same thing today, which also leads to a bigger picture when it comes to the judgment day and tribulation later on when Jesus comes back. But that's a whole nother story. We're not going there today, but I'm just saying how everything is just one precedes the next, which precedes the next, right? So now here it is. Um, now I'm going to read from the book of Joel because I knew giving you that synopsis, it just wasn't going to be enough. I needed to read some of the verses so that you could totally get an understanding of what it is that I'm saying. So if you want to follow along with me, if you have your Bible, I'm going to the book of Joel and I'm going to start reading from verse one. No, I'm going to start reading from chapter one, starting with verse two to five. And I'm going to be reading from the new King James, no, the NIV version It's NIV. Now here it is. Joel one, two to five. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all who live in the land, has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts will eat. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. And now when I read that, I cracked up because I was like, hmm, that reminds me of what we were talking about last week. So anyway, here... Now I'm going from Joel, I'm going from, um, Joel one, still, I'm still in Joel one, 15 to 20. Alas for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the mighty, from the almighty. Yes. It will come like the destruction from, from the almighty. Has not the food been cut off before our very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down for the grain has dried up. How the cattle moan, the herds mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering to you. O Lord, I cry for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up and fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. Okay. Now here we go. Joel 2, 12 to 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting and weeping and moaning, rend your heart, not, and not your garment, not your garments, return to the Lord, your God, for your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Joel two, 
18 to 19. The Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Now here's the last part. Now this is the part that actually led me to go into the whole research of why I was in Joel because he gave me this scripture, actually two 23 to 24. This is what he gave me originally. Be glad people of Zion rejoice in the Lord, your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floor will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locust has eaten and great locust and young locust and other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. So now from him giving me a verse in Joel talking about the abundant showers, that made me say, well, wait a minute. What is this? You know, why, why am I here? And what does the rest of this have to do with the story of how I'm feeling? And that just reminds me that. No matter how often you read or hear a scripture, it always has a new meaning for the present time. Cause now right after the scripture he gave me, it starts with, I will repay for the years the locusts have eaten. And we've always heard that I will repay you for the years that the locusts have, you know, taken away from you. But he gave me the scriptures before that. So when I kept reading after he gave me my scripture and I saw that one there, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I remember hearing that scripture. Let me go back and see what the rest of the story is about. So this is just letting me know that all scripture is relevant at any given time when he wants to get a message to you. And right now I just want to pray and say, thank God. Thank you, father. I am so grateful that you see me as being worthy to give your message to your people. We thank you for that revelation and we will heed your words in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. I was like, just, I was totally blown away with that. Now, like I said, usually I prepare, he gives me a subject and I work on it all week. I, you know, play it back in my mind, play it back in my mind. Okay. How am I going to talk about this? How am I going to, you know, go about with this? I started out now, of course, you know, I'm going to play a song. Because after all that, that's something for us to sit back and listen and just meditate on because I knew what I wanted to talk about today and I'm going to talk about it after I do the song break. I wanted to talk about habits. And when he gave me the topic of habits, I said, okay, yeah, I could talk about that. You know, bad habits, good habits, how to form good habits, how to get rid of bad habits, all that I can get into. But when I was feeling so content about the rain, that's what made me go into the whole scriptures about rain. And he leads me to Joel, which 
is a message he wanted to get out because it's so relevant to the time that we're living in right now. So with that, I give you the message. I give you the word of the Lord that he gave me to give to you. And I'm going to play a song right now. So I hope everyone took it. And like I said, I was reading from Joel. You can go back. You can read the book on your own. He only has, I believe it's only two chapters and it's, it's an easy read and just read the message that God had given to him to give the people of Israel at that time that was under the plague of locusts, somewhat like the way we're living today, being under the plague of Corona. So with that, I'm going to play a song and then we're going to come back and we're going to go into the topic that I had originally wanted to talk about, which is also relevant and it's going to tie in with what we just spoke about habits. I'll be back.
Okay, we're back. I hope you enjoyed those two selections that I played. I figured it would be uplifting, you know, upbeat. I'm sitting here tapping my feet as the music was playing. I hope you were doing the same. So now we're going to get into, um, oh, what I wanted to talk about today, which is habits. And are they controlling your life? Now, I want to start out reading Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, a, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I say that to say, if we're going to, we're going to have to use our faith in order to help us develop the good habits that we need in order to progress to the place where we're destined to be. So that's why I gave you Hebrews eleven six to start out with this. So now a habit, which if you've been following me on my um, social feed, you know, I've given you the meaning of this already, but I'll say it again for those who haven't habit is a noun and it's an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has almost, until it has become almost involuntary. Let me say that again. A habit is a noun and it's an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. Now, when you think about that definition, what is it that you find yourself doing that has now become a habit for you? Right now, when I think about that, I'm sure all of us would probably say right now, under the conditions that we're going, that constantly washing our hands has become just like this, this habit that we cannot stop doing. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like as if we didn't wash our hands before, because I know I used to wash my hands on a regular anyway, and I'm sure the majority of us did, but to the point where now I am constantly washing my hands. I always feel like no matter what I touch or after a certain amount of time, if I haven't washed them, my hands are dirty. I have to go wash them. I have to go wash. It's become such a routine now that it's like, it seems like every hour I'm washing my hands. And now here I'm in the house. I don't go out of the house, but if I'm touching things or if I'm if I start cleaning up something or if I start moving magazines or if I touch the remote or once I touch the remote and I go and I might move magazines and I'll go back to the remote, then I'm like, oh my gosh, my hands are filthy. I'm going to wash my hands again. Then I'm putting lotion on them because I'm constantly washing them. So I don't want them to get too dry. So I'm constantly putting lotion. on. So this has become a habit for me now. Wash your hands, put lotion on, wash your hands, put lotion on continuously. So now... Today, I want to talk about how we can develop healthy habits that can help move us towards living our best life. And for the most part, habits form, like we said before, and you're not even aware of that, they, that you have them. So like thinking about it, did you read your Bible this morning before you turned on the radio to listen to me? Did you have a snack last night, you know, before you ate your dinner or after you ate your dinner? And here's a classic. Did you check your text messages or your social media 
when you heard the ping of the notification on your phone. Now, each of those functions, they have nothing in common, but they're all done out of habit. And some of our habits were forced on us by our parents. Some of them were forced on us by our teachers and just society in general. Like when you think about it, um, we're taught that we have to get up early because when you go to school, the first thing you, you have to be there in school, crack of dawn. So you have to be to school at eight o'clock. So it teaches you, it makes you get into a rhythm of having to follow a certain pattern all the time over and over and over. It's not until you get older that you get to create your own schedule. But even with that, if you have a typical nine to five, that because that's what we call it, most people work between those hours of nine and five. It's just of late that they've had other tours and other hours that people work. But for the most part, for a number of years, everyone fell into the category of working nine to five. That was just something that became habit to us. Cause if you had a job, that's the hours you worked, whether you liked it or not. So habits drive our behavior, which in turn forms our character. And now see, no one wakes up one day and says, oh, wow, I had no idea I was so immoral, you know, or, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was so godly. You know, our characters are shaped by our choices and we navigate our choices by the decisions that we've been making over the course of our lives. When you think about it, right? Our decisions have been navigated because of the choices that we make and it's been coming over time. So that's how it, it has become a part of our character. So a person that tells the truth when they're speaking to people, they do that because they form that habit of telling the truth. And the opposite is also true. People who will lie at the drop of a hat, they form that habit because they're so conditioned to lying to people at the drop of a hat. So over time, the truth becomes ingrained in us and it becomes our character. So when people see you, they look at you as, oh, you're honest. Oh, you're trustworthy. And the opposite is true of a liar too. They've been doing it for so long, that habit became ingrained into their character. So that when people see them, they look at them as being dishonest and untrustworthy. Habits play a major role in our spiritual lives, our spiritual growth, and our spiritual degeneration. Okay? So first, before we go into how the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're going to talk about how habits work. We form habits because our brains are looking for the easiest way to get something accomplished. God has wired our brains to handle simple tasks like breathing and walking without having to think about the fact that we're doing it. That is why our brain, that is so that our brain power can handle everything else that we have to do. So it's not like our brain thinks, Ooh, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out one leg, one leg, one leg, one. No, our brain doesn't do that. When we get up to walk, we just get up and start walking. When we breathe, we don't even think about breathing. The only time we think about breathing is when we can't breathe, right? And that was because he wanted our brains to be free to handle everything else that we had to deal with 
other spiritual matters, other just cultural matters, just taking care of other life issues. He wanted our brain to be free to focus on those things, right? So now habits begin with a behavior pattern called a habit loop. And I don't know if any of you have heard of that before. It was new to me. I knew how habits form, but you know, every time you think about something, there is a, a technical term attached to it and there's always steps that go with it. So habits are formed from a pattern, which is called a habit loop. And a habit loop consists of three parts. There's a cue or a trigger, there's a routine, and then there's a reward. Now the cue or trigger is the stimulus, which is the signal that tells your brain to go into the automatic mode and start the routine, which is the behavior. The final step of the loop is the reward. And the reward is an external or internal stimulus that satisfies your brain and it promotes the brain to remember the habit loop. So here it is. Let's just think about, okay, we'll use, for example, going to bed at night. Cause that's like the simplest thing. Cause mostly everybody does the same thing before they go to bed at night for the, for the most part. Right? So we think about when we're getting ready to go to bed, we, when we think about getting ready to go to bed, the cue is to our brain, we're getting ready to go to bed. So we take a shower and we brush our teeth. That's the routine. The feeling that we get after that and we get in the bed and we're comfortable is the positive response or the reward that we're giving our brain for those actions that we just did. So if you break that routine, like say you come in sometimes and oh, you're like, oh, I'm dead tired. You know what? I'm not taking a shower. I'm just going to brush my teeth real quick and I'm just getting in the bed, right? When you get in the bed, even though you're in the bed and you could probably fall off to sleep, but your brain is telling you, you know, you didn't take a shower. You know, you didn't take a shower and it's because you broke the routine. So your brain starts sending you triggers that something is not right because you didn't do everything that you were supposed to do before you got into the bed, right? And the reason that why that happens is because habits satisfy a neurological craving that your brain has. Once you conditioned your brain to look for those certain actions, it's looking to complete that routine. So in order for your body to comfortably sleep in that bed, you got it. You should have showered, brush your teeth and then got in the bed because it's telling your brain, yes, we feel good now because we've done everything we needed to do before we go to bed. Right? So it's just like another example. If you're accustomed to smoking a cigarette after a meal, right? As soon as you eat something, your brain is going to start looking for that cigarette because it's like, okay, we ate, we smoke, we ate, we smoke. And that's why it's so hard for some people to quit smoking because the brain has, especially if they're still doing the same function that gives it that cue to, okay, this is what comes next. Because if you always smoke, smoked a cigarette after you ate, then of course, anytime you eat something, 
your brain's going to say smoke a cigarette. But now if you only smoke a, if you only smoked a cigarette, say you only smoked a cigarette when you were drinking coffee and you weren't a coffee drinker. So whenever you cut out coffee, nine times out of 10, it would be easy for you to cut out cigarettes because your brain is only going to attach the cigarette with the whole coffee motion. So that's how, you know, when a habit is there, when it's like your brain is looking for you to complete a task that you've already taught it, it needed to complete. And it looks like I'm not going to be able to get through everything this week, but I'm going to go through as much as I can. And then we'll pick up the rest of this next week. But now that we've known what the functions of a, a habit are, how they work. The first thing we're going to talk about since we ended off with the note of cigarette smoking and bad habits, we're going to talk about how to break negative habits. And you know what? I think because the time is close, it's only like 12 minutes. I could rush through this, but I really wouldn't want to rush through this. I would want to take my time and really give it everything that we needed to talk about because these, the things that the steps that we need to go through when it comes to dealing with breaking negative, negative habits and the steps that we need to go through to form good habits. I really want to take my time with it. So I think I'm glad that we got through the fact of, we know how habits work and we know how they're formed in our brain because of a habit loop. And then next week we're going to continue with habits, how to break the negative ones and how to form good ones and also how to break sinful ones. Now, see, you would think that when I said negative, you would think sinful fell under that category as well, but it doesn't. A negative habit doesn't need to be sinful. Not all negative habits or bad habits that you feel you have are sinful. So those are two different things. So I think I am going to hold off next week. We're going to pick this up. We're going to continue with habits and we're going to discuss the negative, the good and the sinful. So with that, we'll just do a wind down now because I have 10 minutes and, um, we'll just talk about just different things that was going on in the news. I hear that they're going to start opening up some cities. I hear people have been really doing some crazy type things, trying to get the attention of the government because they want it opened up. And I can understand people are feeling stressed. They need money. I totally get it. And the places that are screaming to open up, we have to understand, see, when I think about them and I hear what they're saying and I, I have my own opinion about it, I really can't have that opinion because I live in a city that's totally different from theirs. See, when you live in New York and we're so densely populated, people here in New York, we get it. We get that we need to social distance we get that it's not safe for us to go out and be amongst ourselves in the normal way that we usually interact with one another because it's just too many of us. And even if you try to avoid germs, there is no way you're going to avoid germs. You just can't. There's just too many of us here in the city. So when we hear about 
oh, people are storming the Capitol with their guns. And, and that's kind of, that kind of made me scratch my head. I was like, okay, they went there to the state department with rifles. What were they going to do? Shoot the politicians? I couldn't understand that. What'd you bring your gun for? Cause you could have protested just as well without the gun, but that, that's, I'm sure that's another story for another time. But I say that to say, I get it. People need money. I get it that people are hurting for money or whatever it is. And when you come from a part of the, the nation that doesn't have this and they're not seeing the magnitude of what it can do when let out into the wild just to be able to roam on its own, it's hard for them to, um, it's hard for them to understand why the government would still want them to be locked down. So I understand, but they also have to remember that they're not the only ones that are going to be out there. When you go out there like that and you're not taking the proper precautions, you're putting other people's lives at risk. It's not just your life that you're talking about. When you do that, you're talking about other people's lives as well. So it's a catch 22. It's hard. I mean, I'm glad that our governor and our mayor are sticking to their guns and doing what's best here for us here in New York, because we already know, like I said, New Yorkers, we, as long as you give us open streets where we can walk and run and have the kids out, we're happy. You don't hear anybody screaming about, I want to get back on that nasty, filthy subway. Nobody's screaming that at all. If anything, everybody's like, hmm, I ain't getting on that thing today. Totally clean that. They better clean it three times before they ask us to go back on. So we get, we have a different mentality here in New York and I, and I totally understand. But with that, I want to give us a promise and how fitting it is for me to keep the same promise that God gave us today from Joel. And the promise was, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will Praise the name of your Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. So I'm going to leave you with that promise from Joel 2, starting from verse 25 all the way to 27. And with that, I want to say have a blessed week. Be safe. I think the weather is supposed to be beautiful. We're finally moving into some spring type weather. If you are going out, make sure you have your mask. Make sure you maintain social distancing. Be safe. Be well. And until next week, God's willing, I will see you again. Peace.
I needed your grace more.